Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Uh, this morning, we have the fabulous, <laughs> she always laughs, Kimmy Sherlock sharing with us. Woohoo! Always. I'm sorry. We just love you, Kimmy. <laughs> Get it out beforehand. Um, we love Kim and Matt. We realize we've known them since we walked through the door of Northridge, which, oh, sorry, side note, exactly 15 years to the day today, we stepped onto Australian soil. Isn't that so weird? Sorry, this is not meant to be about me. <laughs> it's meant to be about you. But, um, but we walked straight into Northridge. So we arrived on Tuesday, walked straight into Northridge on Sunday, and clearly we've never gone anywhere else. Um, and we love it. And, you know, it's people like you guys and lots of you who uh, make Northridge who it is. And so we love that. And that's why we love listening to you. Uh, Kimmy is kicking uh, off a new series uh, today, which we're really excited about. God's just been laying some things on our heart. And so Kimmy's going to kick that off and um, just let you know what that is. I do want to say that we have put some resources together for this series, which we've sent out to life group leaders, but also at the back of church Um, just underneath the clock over there and on the welcome table. We have put some of these resources together in a a booklet that if you wanted to do it just personally, you could take it home and you can kind of use it. So you can kind of do it as a study together or you can use it as a personal devotion. And it's just taking some of the things that we're going to be speaking about on Sundays and just going a little bit deeper and having some time to process it and asking the Lord what he wants to say to you. So feel free to do that. Uh, But let's pray for Kimmy. Let's do that. Let's pray for Kimmy (laughs) and for ourselves um, as she shares the word with us this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the power in your word and in your spirit to come and change us, to come and lead us, to come and guide us, to come and make us into the people who you created us to be. And so we pray, Father, for Kimmy as she shares your word and your heart with us this morning. Would you open our hearts to hear what it is that you want to say to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thanks, Bon. Um, well, I hope, your is, I hope your day started better than mine. Um, I woke, Matt's away for the weekend, and I woke up this morning. I'd set two alarms because he normally wakes me up. <laughs> I set two alarms, and it turns out I didn't need it because I woke up... Um, with something completely, not completely, but significantly enough different to say than I had planned to say. And so I diligently got up and typed it onto, made the changes on the computer and then printed it out and got dressed, went in, ironed into the office, ironed my shirt, had some breakfast, walked out, came to church nice and easy, thinking, fantastic, I'm going to have time to go over those new notes and commit to memory the things the Lord's given me to say to you. And I looked down to do that, and I left half of my notes at home. And, of course, Matt's away, and so I rang the kids, and 
Either they have done what they've been asked to do and not had their phones in their bedroom, or they're smart enough and not answering them because they know it's me calling and they're not supposed to have them. So I couldn't get anyone. So anyway, the yeah, I'd like to say they weren't. They were in but I, you know. Um, anyway, so I made the mad dash home to get it because um, it would make more sense if I told you what the... I'm better at writing what the Lord says to me and speaking it and reading it than I am just to say it without any prompts. So that's what I did, but there goes my time. And so I was already anxious. Oh, not anxious. I was feeling unsettled and nervous about this morning. And, um, and so I'm driving back going, Lord, I'm not listening to those lies. I'm, I'm focused on you and I want your word and your peace. And, and that's what we need because anything else is just a waste of our time. Um, and so as I'm doing that, realizing that I'm going to have to read to you today instead of speak to you, the Lord drops a picture into my mind. And funnily enough, it wasn't for me. It was for you, I believe. Well, for all of us. Um, and the picture was of me holding a bowl, and it was a bowl full of um, liquid um, water. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. But what it was is the Lord in this series and today, he's offering us sustenance. He's offering us um, thirst-quenching water. He's offering us what we need to get by. And so I just thought it was that really beautiful image of doesn't actually matter what I do or don't do or that I have to rush home and I can't speak. I have to read instead of speak. The Lord is in this place and in this moment offering us his sustenance and offering us the thing that he needs us or that we need to have. And so I'm just going to take two seconds and pray for that. And so, Lord God, I thank you that despite our plans, our plans, Father, that you, that your plans are better and that you are stronger and wiser and more present and more knowledgeable and more loving. And Lord God, right now I ask that you would come in our midst, Holy Spirit, that you would be released in our midst and that you would fill our hearts, that you would open our hearts to hear what it is that you are saying as we start this series, Lord God, what it is that you are calling to us, what it is that you would have us pick up this morning and drink from, Father, that bowl that you are offering us. Lord, open our eyes to hear that this morning. Amen. Okay. So, I just said, my, my have, I have a, for those of you that don't know me, sorry, at home, I forgot to, <laughs> to say hi. Um, those of you that don't know me, uh, I have a, a loving and patient husband called Matt. And every now and again, he's foolish enough to ask me what I'm thinking. And I say <laughs> foolish because it always ends the same and he's clearly forgotten. There'll be, you know, two minutes. We're chatting away and there'll be two minutes silence and he'll just say, oh, what are you thinking about? And you, go, oh, you really want to know? Yeah, I want to know. Um, and so I tell him and it takes about 10 minutes to tell him what I was thinking about and there's two minutes and he goes, ah, how on earth, in two minutes silence, did you get from there to there? And I'm sure you guys, some of you guys are probably the same. And it's just this tangential way um, my mind works. Whereas he's like, I was just thinking how nice the sunset was. But, um, but it was, I, was, I tell you that because I was having one of those moments the other day. And I was just contemplating the bookends of life the things that we hope for in our lives. You know, as we see little ones and we, we see them grow, the things that we hope for for them. And then at the other end, there's a life that's 
almost at its conclusion, as we look back and we, we look at our lives and we go, what is it that we hope to have achieved in our lives? What is it that we've longed for and, and has it come to fruition? And my observation is that it's the same regardless of whether or not we have a faith. And that is that we have a life well lived. When we look at the beautiful bubs that are around, we want a good life for them. We want a virtuous life, a noble life, an honourable life, a, a life filled with God's blessing and goodness. And at the end, we want to look back and go, yeah, I did. My life, you know, I might not have got it all right all the time, but my life was good. So then it's funny, as, as part of that thought process, I, um, you know, I remember a baptism, a family baptism that we went to, gosh, many, many years ago. I think the child is possibly 21 now. But I remember standing there at this baptism, and these folk don't have a faith. Um, and I remember that standing there and... and they wished a good life. You know, when all the, you know, we've had the church and we're at the reception. I want to say that's not the right word, but we're at the place where we um, have a cake and, and celebrate. And there's speeches and, and they say, they, the father stands up and says, I wish a good life for you, my child. I wish you health, wealth and happiness. And at the time, I cringed a little bit. I went, oh, is that what we wish, really? And, but then I thought about it and I thought, stop judging. Step out of that and actually look, and it's not too different to what we wish. It's not too different to what I wish. A good life is what I want for our kids. It's what I want for your kids. It's what I want for all of us. Our definitions and our focuses in achieving that might be slightly differently, but a good life, a life lived well, I think there's a longing in all of us for that. So then the question for us becomes, how do we get that life? What are, and this is not a new question. This... this um, this question that we're asking, how do we get this good life that we're longing for? Um, and this good life is not a life without trials and troubles necessarily. This is just a life well lived, the abundant life that Christ talks about. How do we walk into that? Um, and so this is, not a new, this is not a new question. This is a question that has been asked all throughout history by very, very, very clever people, much cleverer than me, and, and great philosophers. Um, and they've asked that same question, and they've all come to the same conclusion. They all get to the same place. The answer to that question is the same. Actually, regardless of whether or not you have a faith, the answer is the same. And the answer is wisdom. Now, we probably have an idea in our minds what wisdom is or what it isn't. It might have been given to us by our parents or our culture or our community or something we read in a self-help book somewhere, or we might have got it from the Bible. Um, but if we go back, first place I like to look is a dictionary. Um, although there are a lot of words in the dictionary now that I don't think are actually words. <laughs> My, so one of my kids said something the other day, I went, that's not a word. Oh, yes, it is, mum. Dictionary says. Actually, it was online. Dictionary says. I'm like, no, that's not a word. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a, I digress. <laughs> Dictionary tells me this about wisdom. 
Wisdom is more than just knowledge. Well, we'd agree with that. I think that's fine. It's not a purely intellectual concept. Clearly, my dictionary didn't say it exactly like this. This is me paraphrasing my dictionary. Um, it's the, this is the dictionary bit. It is the application of factual knowledge and situational insight or experience to achieve the best possible outcome. Now, that's clearly a secular, non-Christian-based definition. But my question to you now then, is it different? Is it different for us as Christians? Is wisdom the same for us as, it, as we find in that dictionary definition? And the answer is yes and no, which I realise is not all that helpful, but let me explain that to you. By that, I mean the yes part is uh, broad concept-wise, it's the same. It's the application of factual knowledge and situational insight to achieve the best possible outcome. The difference is, and it's a key difference, it is an essential difference, and that is the source which then flows to the character and the fruit of that knowledge and the application of that knowledge. That is where there's a very big difference. Now, James, um, the book of James actually describes it far better than I do. So if you've got your Bibles, I think it's going to come up on our screens, but if you have your, ooh, it's been too fast. If you have your Bibles, open up to James chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. That's some, that's some fairly... Um, those words pack a punch. They're not kind of sitting on the fence, those words. Uh, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, you find also disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. James distinguishes earthly and heavenly wisdom by looking at their source and how that's played out in the character and nature of wisdom and the fruit of that wisdom. Now, there are some words in there that are fairly, um, can be, can rub us a little bit the wrong way, but I want us to sit with those words. I want us to not throw them out just because they make us uncomfortable. I want us to put them, see them in the context of a loving God. Um, James tells us, tells us that, I'm going to paraphrase those, that scripture now. James tells us that earthly or worldly secular wisdom is not from above. It comes from the world standards. It comes from an experience of the natural world, what we can see and understand and perceive based on the things that are within our purview. Um, it tends to be self-centred. It appeals to our senses and is primarily based on what feels right for us, 
not necessarily what's right in all of the circumstances for all people. It is self-seeking and finds its origins in the influence of Satan. It's demonic. And by that, he means it sets itself apart from God. It doesn't follow God. It doesn't submit to God. It doesn't consider God. Worldly wisdom sets itself apart from God. It focuses on the individual's point of view. It's not God's. And in effect, it says, I know better than God. Whether or not this was his intention, it says, I know better than God. And so I am just, I'm going to operate without any of his influence and without submitting to him, without being influenced by him. And the fruit of that wisdom we find in James is the harboring of pride, jealousy, selfish ambition selfish ambition and the use of wisdom against others. But the alternative, which is what God offers us, is true wisdom or godly wisdom, which James tells us comes from above. It is rooted in purity of heart. It does not compromise God's will or his ways or his love. It is peaceable, gentle, humble, willing to yield and full of mercy and grace. It leads to godliness and peaceful relationships with others. Now, I don't know about you, but if I have the choice between those two types of wisdom, I'm going with the second one. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty clear, right? <laughs> um, I'm going with the second one. But what this passage doesn't do is actually give us any more information about what wisdom is, what it looks like. Um, and we kind of want to be, we want to have that as our foundation as we begin this series on wisdom. We want to be on the same page as to what it actually is. And the difficulty with that is that God's wisdom is such a vast concept that it is really hard. And there's you know, people have spent lifetimes studying it and written encyclopedias about it and we've got, you know, 15 minutes on a Sunday morning for six weeks and so we can't hope to get all of that into that time frame. But I found some people who, when I was reading, uh, I found some people who helped give me a grounding in what wisdom is. And I just want to share their words with you this morning. Wisdom is the way God made for humans to walk. According to scripture, wisdom is, broadly speaking, the knowledge of God's world and the knack of fitting us into it. Benjamin Quinn, in his study on the book of Proverbs, says, walking in the way of wisdom is to live according to the way God made us to live, in glad obedience to and delighting in his law of love, keeping and cultivating his world to the praise of his glory. I really like that one. That really sits. That is wisdom. So we see wisdom 
that that's what wisdom is. And so then we go, well, how do we, if I want that, those are very general and broad concepts. How do I take that into my own life and, and, and work that out in my daily choices and my daily actions? And, and can I get a little bit more? Can we nut down and get a little bit more from scripture about what that actually looks like as I'm raising my kids or loving my husband or caring for people? What does that look like? And so then we turn, of course, we always turn, we always start with scripture to live the life that we were destined for that we were created for that we want for ourselves we need to walk in his ways find his wisdom and work it into our lives and we find it first in scripture so that knowledge that wisdom starts with it doesn't stop there but the knowledge that it starts with we find that in scripture so we need to seek and we need to study his word and the theme of scripture runs all throughout the old testament and in to through the personification of christ being all wisdom into the new testament so you'll find it there that if i were um to ask you where in the Bible you thought of when I said the word wisdom, I'm pretty sure more than one or two of you would point me in the direction of Proverbs. And that, that's a really good place to start. The book of Proverbs is, I'm sure you know, one of the three books, possibly four, depending on who you listen to, one of the three books of the Old Testament that speak to wisdom. The others are Ecclesiastes and Job, and it's really good to read the three of those together because they highlight or bring a different facet of living and walking out wisdom in this world. So if you're reading Proverbs through this series, don't just stop there. Go on and read Ecclesiastes. Go on and read Job because they add to the fullness of our understanding of wisdom. But we're going to start um, in Proverbs. It's an ancient book of wisdom handed down through generations, which became God's word. Um, and this passage, Proverbs 2, verses 1 to 11, is actually a passage I think I first fully embraced when a friend of ours, again, probably 30 years ago, read it over his son at his 21st. It's you know, often, well, in my experience, 21st are where mates get up and let you know all the things you've, everyone know all the things you've done wrong in your life. So it's a little bit of a humiliating experience. And this was the first 21st I'd been to where actually the aim was to uphold and honour and usher this child into adulthood in such a beautiful and powerful way, beseeching him to follow the ways of the Lord and the ways of wisdom. It was so powerful and I want to share it with you today, but I want to share it from uh, the Passion Translation. And it says this, my child. It's a father speaking to a son. In, in Proverbs, it's a father speaking to a son, but it is equally true of anyone, for all of us. It is for all of us in all times. My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within will you succeed. So train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and daughters. Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. For if you keep seeking it, like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, 
Then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God, and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Then you will discover all that is just, proper and fair, and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. When wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. We stand on that as we enter these weeks. We stand with hearts that are seeking God's wisdom as we walk into his destiny for us. So we are considering wisdom, and as we do that, we know from that scripture and from other scriptures that it is to be desired that it is to be sought after, that it is to be rooted in the fear of the Lord, that it protects us, that it leads us into our destiny. But there are, if you take nothing else away from this morning, oh, actually, take that. <laughs> take that and read that every day. If you take nothing else, take that passage and read it. Um, but if there were other things that you felt like you wanted to take as well, I've got three for you. Wisdom, and this kind of sums up what I want to say to you, wisdom is an attribute of God. It is an integral part of his creation and it seeks to live according to the design of God's creation, not apart from it. The second is that wisdom, while personified in Christ, is grounded in the fear of God. It is the capstone. Without it, there is no true wisdom. The third one is that wisdom requires discernment. It requires understanding and discernment. We must focus on discerning God's ways because as, although wisdom, God's wisdom, sits above time and place and circumstance, we require discerning to apply it to our time and place and circumstance. So the first of these, um, for the first of these points, I want us to stay in, in Proverbs because if we, the first, uh, actually, no, I'll do that one. I'll do that one second. Um, or we'll still be in Proverbs. We're in Proverbs for a little bit, but I want us to jump through to chapter eight. I don't have it up for you, but have a look at chapter eight. It's in, I think, I want to say verse 22. It's in the 20s anyway. And in the 20s, you'll see that we are told that uh, Wisdom is an attribute of God, but it is not only an attribute of God, that actually it was there before creation and it is by and through wisdom that he created the earth. We, it's in Genesis 2, it's not Genesis 2, but it is in Genesis also, but not as clearly as you will find it in Proverbs chapter 8, that not only is it an attribute of God, but it is how he created the earth. Not only did he build it 
Not only did he have, does he have wisdom, and not only did he build it with wisdom, but it goes further. He built wisdom into it. So it's as though there is this blueprint in the creation of the earth that is wisdom, that ties everything together and orders the way wisdom was, the way the earth was designed to function and the way we were designed to live. It's like this invisible divine force that orders the way life should move. And we get to choose to walk with it or to walk without it. And that is our choice. What have I, uh, there is a pattern or an order built into God's creation that promotes flourishing, promotes and allows the good life that we long for, the life that we were destined for, the life that we were created and Christ died for, by informing the way we should live. The world is created to move in wisdom. So that's the first point. The second point is, and we still stay in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is um, interesting. The first nine chapters are basically looking at why we should seek wisdom. What is it about wisdom that we need? And, and then the rest are examples of wisdom. So, but if you look at the first nine chapters, it begins and ends in different ways, but it begins... It, begins and ends with this same concept, and that is that the fear of the Lord is the foundation for wisdom, that without the fear of the Lord, without understanding and respecting and knowing and acknowledging that he is the creator, there is no true wisdom. True wisdom sits on his shoulders because he is the creator. To walk in that wisdom, we need to be grounded in the fear of the Lord. And what does the fear of the Lord do? The fear of the Lord acknowledges that I am not in control, that I am not the center of the universe, that God is the creator. And it is by and through him that we live out the life that we long for. And it is through that place that we are able to walk free from the foolishness and the folly of the world and into the plans of the creator. And that is good because that is what we are designed to do. And we all know things work best when they do what they were designed to do. And I was trying to think of an example and it's really bad and I apologize in advance. But the one I came up with was this. We could, if you, were, if you happen to be cleaning this floor after church today, you could use a broom. It's carpet for those at home. It's carpet. You could use a broom to clean the carpet. Now, it's going to be harder work and it's not going to do as good a job because it's not a vacuum. And vacuums were designed to clean carpet. It still might be hard work to vacuum, but it's going to do a better job because that's what it was created to do. We work best. We are more fulfilled. We do better in life when we are living the way we were created to live, even when there are trials and troubles in our lives. Because when we are living that way, we can be assured that God has that, that he's got us in those moments, that there wasn't a surprise for him that we would stumble there or that that situation would be a circumstance in our lives. But he's, that is something he has his hand on and he will guide us through that if we turn to him and ask him to show us his ways. So the third point 
is that we do all of this through the Holy Spirit. We have spent, a, well, we've spent the first two points anyway, we spent in Proverbs. But as with all the themes of the Old Testament, they find their fulfillment in the person of Christ, as does the concept of wisdom. I mean, Luke even says, he claimed that Christ was the new Solomon with ultimate wisdom. And in his, Paul's, his letters, in Paul's letters to the Corinthians, he calls Jesus the wisdom of God, the one in whom all God's wisdom is hidden. And it is the Holy Spirit that reveals that wisdom to us. So then it becomes important for us not just to search our scriptures. Yes, absolutely to search our scriptures first, but not to stop there to ask the Holy Spirit to come, to discern the application of those scriptures and the wisdom of God to our lives. Because even though that wisdom was true 2,000 years ago and will be true in 2,000 years to come, we need to discern the time right now. We need to discern what God is doing right now and what, what is wisdom in how... I raise my children might be slightly different, still based on scripture, on the concepts we find and the general ideas we find in scripture, but it might be different to the way, slightly different in application to the way you do yours. We need to not just look at go, oh, that, well, that worked well for them. I'll do that for me. We need to ask, is that what God's asking? And sometimes that might look foolish to other people. And sometimes other people might say, well, that's not wisdom, but we need to learn to let go of that and go, the only person that I care about what they say, ultimately at the end of the day, is God. And if he is telling me to do that, that that is a wise choice, I've dug myself into a bit of a hole because sometimes <laughs> we do need the guidance of others and so we should always be open, but ultimately we need to be looking at God. And, and maturing and growing in discerning the application of his wisdom for our lives. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's what he is telling us and how he is telling us to live. And we can stand on that. Okay, I've gone off track. Um, We seek his wisdom in the word, we will quickly find that God's wisdom is not expressed to us as a rule book or a list of promises. How nice would that be? But you know, the thing is, even if we had a rule book, we'd get it wrong. Um, I don't know about you, but it doesn't take very long to know me to know that I'm not perfect, that I have plenty of character flaws. And that's not to say that I'm not fearfully and wonderfully made. I am, and I have value, but I am not perfect. I have character flaws and my motives are not always pure. Um, so even if there was a rule book, my application in and of myself, even if I were making the best possible choices that I could make, I'm not perfect. I have limited knowledge. So even if I apply it, the knowledge that I do have the best way possible, it's still not going to be as good as if I follow God if I listen to him and follow his leading and how he says I should live my life. Wisdom found in scripture transcends time and place, yet paradoxically wise action is dependent on discernment of specific times and places 
our times and our circumstances. God wants us to grow in maturity in that discernment, in learning to apply his wisdom to our everyday choices. And it is then that our will will line up with his will and we will see his ultimate goodness and wisdom prevail. And so that is what we will be doing. That is the aim of the next few weeks as we move through this series. We are being led by the Spirit into finding the wisdom of God in these times that we live in, in these uncertain times, in these turbulent times, but not just in those times, in all times, because the wisdom, true wisdom, is the same regardless of our times. And Bon and Rob's hope is that, they would, that we would find a fresh what brings this wisdom and how we can ensure that we are applying it to our daily lives and not just so that we can, well, yes, just so that we can align ourselves with God because also that is how we achieve the good life that we long for. It's the things that fill us, the things that we actually long for deep in our souls are the things we find when we follow God. When we submit to him, we find the things that fill us. It's easy to get distracted by the sparkly and the things that we might see in the world, but the truth is, and the truth we want to focus on and bring to the forefront over this series, is that we find those things that we long for when we find his wisdom, when we work with his wisdom, when we work in harmony with his will and his ways and the earth. So three things to take away. That verse in Proverbs, four things, that verse in Proverbs. Wisdom is an attribute of God and an integral part of his creation. And wisdom seeks to live according to God's design and order that he built into creation. Wisdom is grounded in the fear of the Lord and without submission to him, true wisdom cannot be experienced. And thirdly, wisdom sits above time and place but needs to be discerned and applied to our individual times and places. And that is done through the revelation of the Holy Spirit as we discern God's ways for us. So that, my friends, is all I wanted to say to you today. But I do want to pray for us. I feel like we might have gotten out of the habit of praying since we've been separated by a screen or away from church. So I want to pray for us. And if God has said anything to you, if there are things that you are looking for in your own life that you would like wisdom for now, this week, come and we'll pray. Or if there's something that has unsettled you or God has spoken to you about, come and we'll pray. And at home, you don't get um, out of that challenge. I want you to either turn to the person beside you if there is someone there, or if not, I want you to call someone later on the day and get someone to pray for you. Pray for God's revelation. Pray for discernment. Pray for wisdom in the choices that you are making. But will you stand with me and I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to wait and see what the Lord does. Heavenly Father, holder of all wisdom, speak into our hearts as we lay them before you in submission now. 
Father, we seek your wisdom, a wisdom that will glorify you and sustain us. Father, we choose to turn away from worldly wisdom, from the places we've worked in our own strength, in our own knowledge. Father, show us those places. Show us where we have embraced the world, world's wisdom that we might turn from it and seek your path, seek your wisdom. Holy Spirit, mature us. Give us discerning. Give us guidance and direct us through the choices we are making this week. Thank you, Father, that you have us in your hands, that you have a hope and a plan for us. Thank you for this earth that you have created, for the wisdom that you have built into it. Father, connect us to that wisdom. So, Father, I ask that you would come right now by your spirit and speak to us. Uh, I, you know, it could be just me, so take it or leave it. But I felt like um, there might be some folk who might have bristled at the word submission. Um, and so if that's you, I feel, like the, I feel like God wants to reveal the goodness and the beauty and the freedom in that word where it might have sounded to you, it might have been used in a way where it was controlling and manipulative and um, treading on you, pushing you down. But that's not submission in, in a godly sense. It's a freedom to be who, he, who you were created to be. So that that's you. I, I just, I want, I ask, Lord, for those hearts where your vision and your words have been twisted by the world, Father, I ask for a fresh revelation of what it means to be submitted to you and your ways and the safety of that, Father God. Um, I just also feel for some people that... Um, there is a very specific situation that you're needing wisdom in. Um, I know for some, for, for some, it's like a long journey of needing wisdom. And um, for others, it's maybe something that's come up a little bit more recently. Uh, but I just, I would love you just to raise your hand if that is you. And I'd love to just pray for you specifically as you're seeking God's wisdom at the moment. Um, so if that's you, if there's a specific situation, uh, would you mind raise, raising your hand now? So there's, so there's a couple of hands up around. If you've got somebody with a hand up around you, would you mind just turning around and stretching a hand out to them? And just before prayer, I just want to... Again, if you feel, if there's a situation or circumstance right now that you're needing God's wisdom for, I'd love you just to raise your hand. Thank you.
If you could just take a look around. Make sure that everyone's got someone. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this divine wisdom. We thank you that your wisdom is good and pure and right. We thank you, Lord, that you give your wisdom freely. And we ask, Father, that you would come into each and every situation right now. We pray, Lord, for your guidance. We pray, Lord, for your insight. We pray, Lord, that um, you would remove the worldly wisdom and the worldly things and that you would uh, just show a clear path for your wisdom. And Lord, I just pray for empowering as well for each of those people in those situations. Thank you.